You're listening to another episode of Battles with Bits of Rubber. I got a, a couple of new. I'll send you send the audio files when I send you this stuff. Because uh, when I was up in in uh, South Dakota last week, uh, I got some great horse whinnies. Oh, cool! For ringtones, excellent stuff. <laughs> so, so I'll send you some because it was it was pretty awesome. That's very cool. And uh, <laughs> I wish I'd been recording because one, all all four of the horses that that we had on on the day were pretty feisty, and and one of them was doing some bucking. It was just in a in a mood. To, to jump around mm-hmm. and um he's he's bucking and farting at the same time and it was hilarious <laughs> yes flatulent animals are uh it was it was marvelous i wish i'd been recording it <laughs> fantastic it, it it was very funny oh my gosh how are you today how are things good good i'm i'm working on some some transfer burn transfer pieces uh i'm probably gonna have to be going up to south dakota again possibly next week uh for another another pickup day mm-hmm. and i'm gonna use my uh my new little cosplay smoke machine so oh, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll dress it somewhere on her body so she'll actually be able to smolder that's amazing that's so cool it's a nice little additional sort of gag that makes a big difference yeah and i and it wasn't it wasn't all that expensive either um uh, the guy who who makes them lives in um in the netherlands all right that's a neat idea took a while took a while to get over here i could you know i could have built it myself but i just didn't feel like taking the time though by the time it finally arrived here i could have made half a dozen of them (laughs) I just sit there with a pack of Mulberries and some tubes and just blow it into the costume. Come on, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't mind. That's another. That's another way. <laughs> no, I like that. Put idea. that one in the. Put that one in your in your bag of tricks. Yeah. Oh well, that's uh, that. Yeah, that, I was quite impressed with that little smoke machine, and it sounded very funny in the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a awesome. horse farting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, every everything aches today because I've been um, finishing up the second bedroom uh, floor, so that's all done now. It's just a lot of work. How long was your room. walk? Well, I kind of got a bit lost, so uh, in the end, it was about five hours, <laughs> which I didn't mean for it to be. But um, yeah, I, I took a long walk up to uh, up to uh, where this uh, it's a section of, of of Atlantic Wall that the Canadian Army built. Uh, Those pictures were so cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. Yeah. But I'd never seen any pictures of it. Oh, it's cool. It's very cool. It's up in, um, up on this sort of common, which is still used by the MOD for training. But um, yeah, so I wanted to go there. We, that was fine. But it was just coming back. And then uh, where I went back sort of through the woods to get to where I live, it's kind of all off piece. Like there's no paths or anything that's marked off. So it's a bit tricky, but it was fine. It just meant I ended up walking a lot more miles. So I've, I've done about 20 miles today, which I, I didn't quite mean to do. So. Oh God. I, I don't think I could, could walk if uh, I'd done that. Well, I think I will sleep well tonight. So that and the, the, the fixing of the floors, that's all done. But um, yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's nice to keep busy and I will enjoy, um, you know, being sat on my ass tomorrow on the computer instead. So 
I shall. I'll relax. Although I'll probably wake up early in the morning and have another walk. I'm trying to walk every day if I can. But just, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be 20 miles. Jesus. Anyway, well, so that now was that fun. the weather's finally gotten pretty consistently nice, um, I'm trying to get back in the habit of getting up early again because I really like early morning, you know, when, when the world is just kind of starting to wake up. Yeah. I think it's really my favorite time of the day. Well, it just feels nice to get a jump on things, you know, even if it's just to kind of have a bit of quiet time. You just feel like you've processed everything and you've kind of come online, you know, before everybody else. It's a nice feeling. I used to love that with paper rounds, yeah. you know. You'd start a paper round early. I had no problems getting up early. I, I still don't. I'm, I'm an early bird. And then, uh, yeah, you feel like, oh, cool, you know, you've got a hand on the day before most people have, and it's it's a nice feeling. Right. It's yeah. tough being married to a musician who's a real night owl because I'm a morning person and she's a late, late night person yeah. and <laughs> trying to spend, trying to spend time together. I wind up getting up early and staying up late and it wreaks havoc on the brain. Yeah. No, that is a horrible combination. Yeah. No, I'm the same. After about 10 o'clock, I'm like, Ooh, just wind down. And then when I go to bed, I'm like out like a light. You yeah. Know? I think I actually went to bed at like 830 couple of nights ago <laughs> might have been might have been the might have been the night i got back from from south dakota yeah well, i guess that was a long drive right so you know it's it's it is but it's it's not as long as you might think it um i think we did it in about five hours okay it's not so bad well today's podcast episode we were talking about cutting edges last time and uh i think that led quite naturally to the the unavoidable nerdiness that is mold closure <laughs> which I think is, well, for nerds, nerds are going to love it. I think so. Well, it's... Uh, it's, it's, just, it's an important topic. Well, you can't just do squash molds and call it done. No, exactly. I want to be, I want us to be like the Joe Rogan of, 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 uh, of cutting edges and, and, and molds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk like four hours. We, we might not get stoned and drink like $400 whiskey, but... We'll 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 we'll, we'll we, go on we at length. <laughs> but we can go on at length about something uh, very specific. But um, yeah, so yeah, the, the the idea of you know closing molds correctly and making the molds sufficiently strong enough is definitely you know worth talking about because it's one of those things that doesn't people just throw you know information about molds and stuff and how to close them but but the 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 finesse of how they're closed i think is quite important and also it'd be quite interesting to talk about the differences um particularly between the states and the uk like for example mold straps that's not really something that's massive here it's it's picking up but it's yeah i think um, it's it seems to be more a more old school method of of closing molds over here i think now it's you either just squash it and clamp it or you bolt it mm-hmm. or, or slap some weight on top of it. Yeah. But it depends, you know, how, how you're going to close it. It's going to depend on what, what material you're putting in the mold. Yeah. Particularly if you're doing a, a, a pour and squash mold um, because foam latex is going to be a much easier close than silicone. Yeah. Because it doesn't, silicon doesn't compress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, it's quite an abstract conversation without molds in front of us. But we'll, you know, we'll have pictures and everything on the blog post. It's always worth noticing that there's always a, you know, a blog post that, that goes with every episode. And some 
are more involved than others. But whenever there's things like this, is we will always have pictures and stuff. So we, we you know, we got molds kicking around. We can put mm -hmm. some pictures on there. But <clears throat> it seems that a lot of people do the block molds, where it's like you know a solid block. It's like a chin or a forehead or a nose or something that's on a block. And then they mold it and the mold is poured as another big block. So you have these two big blocks of resin or, or plaster. And so those are quite easily squished together. The complications come when you're doing something much larger, like a full chest or a whole body or something, mm -hmm. or even just an arm. You're not going to pour that as a solid block because it's just impractical. So you end up making those out of like fiberglass or epoxy where they're more like a shell. They're rigid shells. And then they would get bolted together. So it's a different kind of thing, isn't it? Right. So, um, so in my experience, most people that have done a few molds, they tend to do small molds and they tend to be block molds so they can get their head around what a clamp might do or a strap. Um, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily need to bolt. So I guess the question is, you know, how do you know what kind of closure to use for the mold? Yeah, and, and also how you're going to gonna be filling it because you can do a block mold that has, has an open uh, orifice on one end or one side to do a matron <laughs> to do a poor fill <laughs> uh, we've devolved already sorry like I, I i'm getting ready to do uh i'm gonna make a mold of this little guy oh sweet well that's this cool is, this is that gargoyle i told i told you about yeah and the one the only real problem area potentially i think are the the little you can't really see these little oh the the tip of the beard little, like little chin chin hairs yeah. are sticking out and the tail is doing a little bit of a yeah a curl down so that's a potential air bubble point because you know if you fill it through the through the base that that gets to be a problem and so do these little hairs yeah could you are you happy to put a couple of pictures of that up on the sure on the notes or that's not a secret Abs thing? yeah absolutely no <clears throat> I don't believe it is. That'd be great because um, that's a good I did, example I, I print, of mold. You know, I trickiness. printed out a four inch by four inch cylinder that's you know three millimeters thick. That I'm gonna hot glue it down onto a board, put this guy down inside it, and fill it up with silicone. Amazing! That's perfect. Isn't that neat? You can just print out what you need. I love yeah. that. I never get and bored. I'm gonna, of <laughs> and I'll just release the shit out of it so I can push it out. I'll yeah. probably do uh, do a thin layer of vaseline petroleum jelly on the on the inside of it so i can easily slide it out and then i will just cut the cut the piece nice out of, i'm going to use really soft i'm going to use a, a 10 shore silicone for the mold mm -hmm. and i've got three i got three different different types of silicone or three different silicones uh, two platinums and and one tin again i'm gonna see which one i like like the best and they're all sufficiently long working time that i can degas them nice uh so that so then i'm going to try doing a pressure cast test because that may push the resin material up into that tail tip mm -hmm. and into the into the points cool after i slosh after i slosh it around in there good is that the original sculpt you just held up yeah it is right, uh okay. it's it's a piece that, uh, that a client client sent to me nice yeah it, it looks kind of like a, a japanese oni demon yeah you said Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely got that vibe going on about it. God, that look amazing. It's like eight feet tall. You have one either side of your front right. door. <laughs> the wings, 
wings could spread out. Yeah. Or you could have them that you wind them and they come out like an umbrella for the garden or something for the summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're quite. Um, yeah, so that's, a, that's a, a, a fiddly little piece, but that's a very good example of like you know whole mold making, how thought comes into you know how you're going to mold it and the angle you're going to pour it at and where your risers have got to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so with with mold closure, what's your favorite preferred way? So, if you've got a block mold, so like a half face or something, and it's just a block, and you just how are you clamping that? Are you molding it? You're jumping up and down on it? How are you gonna? I cl- I'll clamp it. I'll clamp it together, and then I'll pour in the the hole mm-hmm. that I can fit a fit a little funnel spout in the fill end, and then just pop it open when it's when it's done. You know, I'll make sure that I have pry points in it because if you don't even for a block mold if it's if you just have a that fine seam all the way around with nothing to stick in to pry it apart mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a, a hell of a demold because suction is no longer your friend no that's not good uh yeah and having the core slightly higher than the mold like you say to get that in and then do you yeah what kind of clamps do you have do you have like those quick clamps that you squeeze or are they the twisty turn i've got I've got, uh, well, I have both. I have C-clamps. Uh, I use the C-clamps primarily for demolding um, with the, the crossbars. Yes. And, you know, the, the Rob Freitas method. Uh, but I have the, the squeeze clamps that I use um, mostly for foam latex because foam, foam two-piece molds are much easier to, to press and get good compression on it because it's mostly air. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas silicone doesn't have the, the same amount of give. So I can clamp it to hold it uh, in place while I get nut and bolt action happening on it and get it down real tight. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure that when you're doing your flashing, you don't just put flashing around the sculpt and leave no way for excess to escape. Yeah. Because if you have more material than you have volume of, the, of your flashing, you're never going to get the mold closed. Yeah. Or you're gonna have, or you're gonna have a real spewy mess somehow, because that that excess material has to be able to escape. Yeah, and it's a tricky one because, like you say, when you fill up the mold first and then you squish your core into it, you get that massive overflow that goes everywhere. Yeah, and um, you know, then it becomes a, a problem because it's all over the gloves and the the bolt holes and everything, and just trying to do up bolts that are covered in silicone is a nightmare because it's just slippy, slidey, mm-hmm. horrible. And, you know, and then you're holding your glove with, if you're using like a power drill to tighten them up, <laughs> everything's slippy, slidey, and then yeah. you get your thumb trapped between the nut and the. Oh, I've had that before. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and it can be a nightmare then demolding because you now you've got set silicone completely engulfing your your bolts and your nuts Mm. and there's a chance that it catches and yanks on something it shouldn't be yanking on so you have to be real (laughs) careful in unscrewing that stuff that entire passage i'm gonna cut and put the beginning (laughs) of the podcast because that's fucking perfect I know exactly uh, what you mean, though. I've done, it's it's one of the things. This, the only problem I've got with um, that molds where you spray the cat plastic and you you put them together and then bolt them up is the the fear of you know the spinning nut catching some of the cat plastic and you end up you know running your piece only to discover you pull the entire and thing it, off like it a table and it cloth. always does no matter uh, how careful you are it catches on something. It's tricky. Well, what I do now and if it's like a really 
important thing. I'll I will I'll cat plastic everything. I'll leave the cat plastic for a couple of hours so it, it kind of firms up, and then I'll go in yeah. with tweezers. I'll lift the cat plastic around around the keys and all the touchdowns, and then melt them off with acetone. It's a real pain in the ass, but it does make a difference, and it just means the mold closes that much tighter because the thickness of the cat plastic sure. is then removed. But it also takes away the chance of you catching it. If you put a little petroleum jelly around the threads of the bolt, that will also mm. help alleviate the problem. Yeah, I guess that would, wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. then they're, you know, they're lubricate or released in yeah. advance, so they'll spin better, and also the silicon will kind of come off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a good one. And then um, so there's bolts, there's the clamps. Uh, the the issue with clamps, and I'll I'll do some, or I have done some illustrations to sort of show this, but you get the point where the you have to worry about the, the depth of the throat of the clamp. Yep. <laughs> because obviously, ideally, what you want to do is get the clamp in the mid. Well, my 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 take on it is, I think you need to get the clamp in the center of the mold, because my fear is that if you put like two or three clamps around the edge, you might tighten one clamp more than the other, and then you've actually got a lift on one side, or mm-hmm. you're putting uneven amounts of pressure. Whereas a single clamp in the middle is more likely to provide you with even closure but if the if the mold is 10 inches wide and that means the center to the edge of the mold is five inches but your clamp only has a four inch throat you can't get that clamp in the middle yeah and finding those sorry to say you need a deeper throated clamp i'm sorry to say and finding the finding those kind of clamps uh are are more of a specialty item and if if you can even even find them they get they can get quite costly yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of those, and they are magnificent, and they, they, they you can put a lot of pressure on them. But, which is um, which is also what maybe. you what you need, because uh, the because the squeeze clamps sometimes you just can't squeeze them tight enough to get the no. closure that you could with a with a C clamp where you're ratcheting down mm. uh, on a threaded device, and you can get it mm. really and tight. Also, yeah. And they're made out of pressed steel as well, so they tend to kink and, and warp mm-hmm. under pressure. Especially if you're like angry, trying to get that mold closed, you 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 draw on the on the on the spirits of your elders yeah. and long gone relatives, and they come into the strength of your hands, and you end up bending this bloody. Well, thing. Well, something I've had happen is because yeah, because they also have these little rubber feet stuck on the mm. on the ends, and if the flange that you're clamping isn't perfectly horizontal you run the risk of clamping it down tight and either the top or the bottom one slides off you know that little rubber foot shoots off and you can't get it to clamp yeah or or heaven forbid you find you've got tapered edges to your mold say you're clamping the edges and you find there isn't a grip you actually need to be almost more than horizontal you almost need it to be angled so that it's encouraged inwards um that would probably be a good drawing to do actually yeah, horrendous. That's terrifying. So the, the the clamps work. The weights work. The weights are nice and easy. But the weights, the trouble with the weights is they're heavy when they're not being used. Mm-hmm. So and you know, also that's, that's the a commitment. The surface that they're putting in the weights on has to be level, also, or you run the risk of the weights sliding off onto the floor, mm. onto your toes, <laughs> onto your mm. onto your fingers. Yeah, yeah. that's no fun. And the weight you need, I mean, you need a serious amount of weight. I mean, a good clamp will easily be able to put like 100, 200 pounds of pressure on something. Oh, I, I, um, I even stand on some of my epoxy molds for foam latex to get good closure. Mm-hmm. I'll, yeah. I'll stand on those guys. And, you know, you don't, for foam latex, I've found that 
you don't even really have to. I mean, it's it's always a good idea to to get it clamped shut somehow. But but foam because of the way foam latex works, you're you're squashing the air. Once you've got it pushed all the way down in, it's not going to mm-hmm. lift back up again the way mm-hmm. the way silicone can. So you, you press mm-hmm. the press the positive into the negative with silicone. You've got to make sure that it is held firmly. Uh, but foam latex, once it's squashed, it's it's going to mm-hmm. stay squashed. Do you think uh, that that um, I'm of the opinion that plaster is used more commonly, certainly with foam, but it was used more commonly because you, your your gypsum there is just yeah, much better. You not, yeah, you need the well, it's 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 beneficial to have gypsum molds for foam latex so that the moisture can be absorbed into the stone. It just helps helps with the the curing and the vulcanization mm. process. But epoxy mm. works really just fine. I I have very few stone molds that I use for for foam anymore. It's pretty much all epoxy molds. Cuz we used a lot of foam and they're latex. They're just so much lighter. Yeah, oh god, yeah, and just nicer as well. They just ni- yeah, much nicer to handle. But we've used a lot of um, far, and it's. It, I always get joy when people are like, "Why well, you put foam latex in 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 fiberglass molds and bake them in the oven?" I'm like, "Yeah, all the time," because uh, they 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 don't weigh much, um, and um, you can- there's a couple of benefits. Yeah. The other thing is they cook quick because yeah. the molds are thin. I mean, fiberglass molds are only about three mil thick. Yeah, it doesn't take long uh, to heat you that can, up. No, and you can jump up and down on that. It wouldn't break. But they need to be bolted because they're so thin. They will flex and distort. So uh, they will soften a little bit yeah. in, the mold as well, in the oven as well. So if you open them while they're still hot, they can distort when they cool. But the beauty is if, if, if you know the two-part mold and the core are all bolted together, if there's any movement, they move slightly together and cool down together. Mm-hmm. And so they'll they'll cook nice and quick in an oven. And then you uh, need to have no because of the thinness, you it's it's a good idea to also have bolts somewhere like you like you were talking about with the the clamp in the middle of the mold. You want to yeah. be able to bolt it in the middle someplace where it's not gonna gonna affect the piece you're making, whether it's through the nose or through the eyeballs or through the lips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, these little touchdowns in the middle, and um, yeah, and and they are. I mean, it depends again on how you're going to do it because you can bolt them all together and inject it, which is how I used to like to do that. But the other way of doing it would be to brush in your latex, your foam latex, you know, and then pour it, squish it in, close it up. And then you've got to bolt that mold together before it gels, which is yes, a terrifying feeling if there's a lot of molds to do. Um, but uh, but that, that, you know, that that's how that, that it's stuff like that that really gives you your your edge because you know you're scared and so you 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 adjust your mixtures accordingly um and it it does give you some uh, some put some steam in your strides but uh yeah i I, and for those i think yeah bolting down was good and i remember you know unbolting a mold that could have at least i mean a full body mold maybe 50 60 bolts at least each bolt was about two three inches Mm -hmm. apart and quite close to the you know the sculpt there was quite you know regimented way of doing things um, to make sure they were consistent. And obviously you might, for some areas where the seams are really important, you might have more bolts. Say you had a head with a headpiece with a, you know, a seam down the middle and you knew like, you know, from the ears up to the top of the head was all under hair. So you might not have as many bolts, um, you know, but with, with one thing I did like about the bolt method, with, especially with foam latex is you could do them up kinder, but not fully tight right. and then inject the foam it would piss out through the cutting edge and then you just had to tighten them up 
And then that was really nice because that took the pressure out of you having to locate and do up every bolt. Because if we get some really long bolts, like two inch long bolts, you know, you'd have to tighten them up, you know, for for an inch and three quarters before it bit. Right. And that was a real pain in the ass. And this was the old old Makita electric drills with the long nine volt batteries and they were heavy and they weren't balanced at all. Uh, that was fun. Back in lead. Well, I've got a but, few um, pictures yeah, in um, in the third edition of my book that we can repurpose for this also that are some mold oh, closures. Cool. Um, because it's a little trick I learned from Landon Meyer uh, is using magnets. Uh, and you could also use a zipper. Tell me more. For doing, a, if you're doing a, a full head life cast in one piece, what you can do is you can actually, ah, you can actually, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. actually for, for, you wouldn't, necessarily want to do that for a life cast because uh you don't want you don't want to inconvenience your your talent any any more than possible but if you're doing a full head piece when you're doing a doing the sculpt and you want to do it all in one piece and then cut cut the the core open so that it can yeah after you got the shell and you want to make sure that it seats properly again you can do a zipper up the back uh reinforced with with some um, some fabric along the edges so that it won't tear, particularly at the at the zenith of the of the zipper where it is fully open, so that it doesn't tear where you don't want it to, and you just mm. have to cover it um, as you're adding your layers to it to make sure that you don't lock the teeth together. Uh, but mm-hmm. it gets a it gets a real nice closure, and I'll, we'll have pictures that we can show that will make it all really clear. Uh, mm-hmm. But but magnets also work really well. If you after you've got the your your brush up or however you're you're doing your your one one piece silicone core, uh, glue little the little tiny neodymium magnets that are wicked powerful, but they come in they're really small. You can get little spheres or uh, rectangles or cylinders, whatever floats your boat to put them together lock the two pieces together and then with thickened silicone you know like silpoxy or, or something that sets up pretty quickly position those all the way around where your cut line is going to be every mm-hmm. two or three inches as, as you go and then when you cut it apart the magnets stay on each each half and they force the pieces back into registration nice. because the magnet holds it perfectly. So there's very little seaming that you have to do. And the mag- the okay. magnets work really well. Would you need to secure them to some fabric to make sure that they don't just pull out of the You silicone? certainly could. Yeah. 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 I think that would be good. I mean, if they're that strong, they could probably be behind the fabric and that way they wouldn't actually break yep. through at all. Oh, I like that. And then you prep those in advance. Then you just pop them in and then spooge your silicon around the exactly. outside. Sweet. I like that. Yeah, nice and nice and clean. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I remember seeing, um, I don't know if he if he came up with it or if someone, if he'd seen someone do it, but Brian Best had done something with a mold where he wanted to, I don't know if it was a head. He'll know because he'll probably have the notes on it. I'll have to ask him. But he'd made a mold of something. It was a brush up. And then, oh no, I think it was a pour, I beg your pardon. And then he would set um, 
like little rods in on 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 the keys on some of the keys and then pull the mold around it and then that way the silicon went around these ah. rods so that when you assembled the mold you could poke the you know the rods in and then you knew a that the keys were located correctly but also they wouldn't fall yeah. out and that was a really neat I've trick. done something similar that Dave Parvin showed me um where you can actually do that with uh with nails right you can lay them in and silicone over there so that once the silicone sets and you cut it apart you put it back together and then you slide the nail back through the hole and that forces mm -hmm. registration ah, this is cool i want to get onto the whole uh the plastic shim business but that's <laughs> we may get off on my that that is not podcasty stuff that needs a video because that did my head in for the longest time um how you would use the plastic shim it's fantastic and it works really yeah, well. We'll, we'll um, do a video. Yeah, I think we'll have to do a video on that. I've got some plastic shim, I think, in the workshop. Um, so, yeah, so you've got your clamps, your weights, uh, the straps. Now, with the straps, I had a hell of a time trying to think what they were called. I got in touch with Rob because I was bugging him because we uh, Kazu wanted these particular molds and they were the mold straps. And as far as I'm aware, that's what they're called. They're just called mold straps, but or banding mm -hmm. straps, I think, is another one. Yeah, I've them. got I've got gigantic rubber bands that work as, as mold straps. And then I've got um, a bunch mm. of different, they come in different lengths because molds come in different sizes, but you just, it's almost like a, like a, a belt, like one of these military belts, but you put it through, get it fairly tight. And then you, it's a, it's a type of closure and I can't think of the name of it, but you push it back down and it clicks. Yes. Just, and, and it, it holds, holds, holds in, in place just because of the pressure. You know, it's it's not actually yeah. snapping into anything, but it's 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 the no. pressure of closing it 180 gotcha. degrees. And there's a bit of leverage yeah. on there. And so, yeah, you pull it tight, like you say, by hand, and then it gives you that extra half inch. And that's really where the pressure right. comes in. But it's not crazy amounts of pressure that you're likely to break the mold. That's what's mm -hmm. good about those. Because I've used something similar with the ratchet straps, which have, you know, you pull them tight as hard as you can and then you have like a lever that you clamp and you ratchet 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 until you you know you get the tension you want but those can be like stupid strong and and could actually break your mold because they're i guess with with a good mold and depending how viscous your silicone is you shouldn't need a massive amount of pressure for the two no. faces to meet correctly and that i guess it's very easy to you know go crazy and put too much pressure on in the belief it'll give you a better edge but actually it might mm -hmm. start just you know eroding the the integrity of well, your and one thing you can do and i think you mentioned it when we were prepping for this is you put a piece of wood on top of it that that mm -hmm. basically lifts it up a little because otherwise your straps kind of going straight across and you're only getting pressure right at the contact edges of, of, the, yes. of the core and you if you put a piece of wood on it like a chunk of two by four or, or something like that you're yeah. you're putting more pressure evenly across the entire face of the core and yes and you can I think you can even pull it a little bit tighter doing that without risking damage to the mold whereas if you left it using a ratchet mold, for example, a ratchet strap, for example, you, if you didn't have the piece of wood and you ratchet down real tight, you might crack the mold. But if you've got a piece of wood yeah. and you ratchet down 
with the same amount of pressure, it's not going to break. Yeah. I guess what you could do, if you had like three or four molds on the go, if you've got weights or something heavy, you could you could fill them all up, put the cores in, and then put the weight on just to kind of give that con constant pressure and then go around to your first one, put the strap on, and then you know mm -hmm. you could strap them all. And then by the time you get to the end one, if you, your silicon started to cure and it's getting a little bit thicker, the fact that it's been under a weight, even if it's not a particularly heavy one, it's been under enough constant pressure that it's slowly closed up tight it's going to be more effective with that strap because I've got, um, I've done a nice illustration of those straps from the side and we'll have to look at, I'll, I'll take some photos of my ratchet straps because they're really nice. And there's also one with the, the cam on it, you know, like, um, it's just like got teeth on one side, you pull it tight. It's more yeah. of a luggage mm -hmm. strap really, but it does work. Um, and then I guess what you could do is once that's closed, you could put a couple of wedges underneath and, and, and hit them together to create the tension afterwards but i i don't think that would be particularly effective but um but that that's a way of doing it i like the idea with the the rubber bands because they're a bit more forgiving yeah. as well i suppose especially for, for foam, foam latex, latex or like a they're they're pretty you know, good nice and easy yeah or for because they're or a for, um, pressure or for well. simple block molds if you've got a, a plaster block mold the rubber bands work great yeah um and then obviously the thing is, um, once once you've got your mold closed up, and then it's 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 you know cured and or baked or want, done whatever you want to do, then you've got the problem of then getting it out, and that's that that, that that's a consideration. You've got to make the mold strong enough to withstand that, and that's one of the things I think people perhaps don't take into account is you know how much pressure you'll put on a mold trying to open it sometimes and you'll find bits chip off or it cracks because you you're putting a thin screwdriver mm -hmm. in and the leverage you're the leverage you're, you're it's a you lot know, of force in a very small point. area it is yeah and it's worth probably using a wider tool like a pry bar mm -hmm. rather than a thin screwdriver because then it's sort of spread slightly over if a wider get... edge and also like you're saying about having a wedge in there you know like a some kind of um, an area to to put in a screwdriver so it's actually wide enough to accommodate the width of the tool you're going and to use. And not, not to be in a hurry trying to get the thing open because particularly with, with silicone, it creates creates its own suction against the, the mm. positive and the negative. And if you apply pressure a little bit at a time, it will eventually, it, it will gradually release itself. You know, you'll hear this, you'll yeah. hear this... <laughs> And it'll it'll just pop open. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky because the silicon is, especially if they're very soft silicones, they 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 give, they stretch, yeah. they move with the mold. So you might have, you know, moved it a half inch up, but it's still not coming out because the air yeah. hasn't managed to break. That and then seal. you then you um, run the risk of of tearing the piece if you try to get, you know, a little overexcited and, and force it to come out. Yeah. Um, part of it's might stick to the positive and part of it might stick to the negative and comes out in two pieces when it's only supposed to be one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the other reasons I think it's worth sometimes making a mold in more pieces than you think, because it makes getting it out easier mm -hmm. because you know, the consequence of having multiple piece mold is you end up with seam lines, but, maybe having some seams that you need to fix afterwards is less of a hassle than a mold that's completely fucked because you couldn't be asked making one more right. piece 
to that mold. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, um, again, I keep praising him for that, but Brian was very good at that. He would, he would often, even though it was more work to do it, he would make molds with extra pieces because he could see that once that, if that front half of the face was in one piece, it would just be, you know, it would put so much pressure on, it would break. Uh, and then, you know, so he'd much rather put maybe a seam down the back and then the front edge could be crept slightly more forward and it just made a big, big difference to how you get things out. Um, I remember as well, um, David White had this trick that we were, we were making a mold and we wanted the seam line to be quite far back. So what he ended up having us do was fill the ears first yeah. up to where the tragus was. So you do the head on the side, fill the ears and then put bolts into them and then mold the rest of the head so that, you know, when you're trying to pull the front mold off, normally the bit that goes into the ear would just rip through. But that was a separate piece. So that was held with a magnet or a bolt, I think. And then you unscrew the bolts, pull the face off, and then you pull the bits of the ear out afterwards. Yeah, I think Neil, that back in, Neil that a did trick. a demo of of a mold similar to that where there was something else in the ear. I can't recall ex exactly. I might even have pictures of it somewhere mm. that had another little little piece that kind of, protected the ears it's just a small thing but when you think about how deep the ear holes are unless they're going to be suspiciously shallow they can be a real pain and you know they end up dragging through and anyone that's made a mold you'll know when you come to clean it out one of the things you'll do is when you when you open it is look at the damage to the clay head once you've pulled the mold off to see where things are dragging and digging and whether they're going to be critical on a silicon piece or not and Sometimes, you know, you kind of go, oh, do you know what? I made the mold in a day because I only did it in two pieces, but now I wish I'd done a third piece because it's clearly going to rip that corner of the ear off every time I do it, and it's going to be more work than just making that mold one time properly. Well, apologies to anybody listening to this. If, if what we're talking about sounds like we're speaking Swahili or, or Martian, uh, but if you see, if you see pictures in the show notes along with listening to it we hope it makes a lot more sense because because it yeah. took well, if it you took have us a while you know, just get in touch to get all this sorted yeah. out uh, you just you just kind of have to have to do it and and study the work of masters like rob Friedis and carl lyon and brian best to, to see a beautifully made mold and you go oh yes that boom then then you get those light bulb moments yeah. Do you know, it's one of those things with the mold room, you know, working in the mold room for a lot. Uh, it was one of those departments that was never really, I don't want to sound whiny about it, it was never appreciated. <laughs> you know, it was never, probably because it was smelly and it wasn't the sort of room that you'd pop mm -hmm. into, whereas people would pop in to see and they walk past the sculpts. You didn't just pop into the mold room. So there was a lot that went on, a lot of thought that went into things. It was never really considered and it was quite nice i think i'm trying to think when it was i think it was one of the it whenever it was that it snowed in the london imats oh yeah that was, was year, that, that was that year or the year before 2009 2008 tom savini was there it had to be 2008 tom savini oh, no, there was around. another it's it snowed in 2008 or 9 but then there was one yeah. that, where it was really bad. I I didn't make it to that show, and that's when they decided to swap the LA and the and the London show. Right, because it was I think it was the snow that made them scared to do it in January again, so they moved it to the yeah. June date. But I think it was that one, or maybe the one before that, that Rob Freitas came 
to speak about molds and it was kind of like the first time i'd seen someone who knew about that stuff that was being listened to I was like yes finally someone from the mold room is speaking and they're listening to him <laughs> they're listening to what the shit that goes on i remember coming out of a i won't say what movie it was but fucking hell we i remember once we um we came out from the mold room and everyone, nobody was in the workshop. Everyone had gone. We didn't know where anybody had gone. And where they'd gone is they'd gone to watch Rushes of the, of the, of the previous day's filming. Huh. And no one came in to say, do you guys want to see the Rushes? It was that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You the, just felt like guys, fucking... They, they don't need, they don't oh, need to see never mind. Stuff. Don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who said it. It might have like, oh. been Rob Freitas or... But you've probably heard this before too, that, that good molds aren't made. They're designed exactly <laughs> and then made and then made <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah th that kind of thing was um yeah that did piss me off so it was lovely to see that and it's happening more now where you get like you know hashtag mole porn um <laughs> which is you know nice to see um where you know you just ridiculous levels of 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 skill involved in claying up and making unnecessarily beautiful oh, molds. Yeah, particularly uh, the, like to see the collapsible core puzzle molds that are multiple, yeah. many pieces. And, you know, the thought that goes into creating that is yeah. still blows me away. I look at it and go, all right, I'm still not sure exactly how that works. <laughs> yeah how it works or how you came up with this. Yeah. Like you have to sell your soul to the devil to be able to figure this out. My brain doesn't work that way. <sighs> and you know, all the, all the can in the world doesn't help really. You still got to go and make yep. it that way. There we go. Um, and then uh, just touching back onto that mold closure thing. One thing I, th I, I forgot to mention was um, is, uh, is considering whether there's heat involved in curing the casting material. Cause like foam latex you know, it starts off room temperature or cold mm -hmm. and then, you know, then you put it in an oven and gradually warm it up. So things like, you know, warping if the mold is open too quickly or, you know, you might tighten, you might put a mold together and you may put like a bunch of steel clamps on it, then put that in the oven. There's a danger, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a danger if you tighten everything up as much as you can, then it goes in the oven and everything expands. Mm -hmm. That the, can, you know, that the mold can, expands yep. and the clamps expand and then the clamping, the the expansion of the clamp might be such that it crushes down on the expanding mold and then you end up with it damaging. It may not be damaged like hairline visibly, cracks but it could be. could be created that, you'll, yeah. that you won't see, but exactly. repeated use just will increase that damage further and further until the point comes where it just breaks and you go, what the fuck happened? Where, yeah and then your yeah then your mold is fucked and you need to run six more pieces of that and you don't yeah. have a mold to do it no, and you didn't and scary. you didn't make a master no that's a, a scary prospect we don't really have that level of uh plaster mold making skill really over here because people don't use it i know across the board epoxy and all the doughs and everything get used far more but there's definitely i remember seeing like do you remember the caglioni and drexler effects lab in gauza yeah and there was this beautiful i'm trying to think which i will dig it out and find it because i've decided i need to know now but there's a bit where they they do a whole thing on plaster and they build like the tower of, of babel 
out of plaster but it's the same batch and the idea is to to show you how you you know if you keep piling it on when you first mix it it just spreads like right. melted ice cream across the table and if you leave it too long it's set hard and you can't do anything with it so he would stay you know they they would dump it on there and then add a little bit so it would get higher and higher with the same batch as it started to set up so that by the time you got to the top and the competition you know i've heard i think jeff Porter used to do this as well at lcf london college of fashion when he taught there he'd, he'd try and build a tower of plaster and everyone would try and build the tallest tower out of the same batch of plaster do you know what i mean to, yeah. to really taught you the process of how plaster sets up before you're you, you're finding this out on a mold mm -hmm. you know and it's a good thing to kind of get used to it is a, a neat trick but uh yeah we don't do, there is some plaster molding but not nearly as much as i've seen in the states where you see these beautifully crafted ultra cal 30 molds that just they look like something out of the 50s they look like the nose of a 50s hot rod yeah. or something you know smooth and chunky and how would those be closed would they be closed up with straps i guess i, oh. I think straps i've seen them closed up with with weight Dep it, again it depends yeah. what you're casting into it yeah because the thing is if you're going to use straps you kind of want everything rounded off and smooth so nothing digs yeah. in whereas with with clamps you need parallel surfaces and you need areas that are flat and they need to be big enough to accommodate the clamp but they also need to be thick enough so they're strong enough to withstand being mm. pried open with a screwdriver. So there's quite a lot of demand. And on you there. also need to, because um, because the mold is sitting flat on on a table or whatever surface you're you're using to, to fill the mold, if you're using straps, you need to have some device, you know, a couple of a couple of boards or something underneath the mold that'll allow you to get the straps underneath so you can get it around the mold mm. otherwise mm. It, it becomes kind of a clusterfuck that you're fear you're you're tilting it this way to get the strap on and then you're tilting it the other way to get the other other end on because one strap usually isn't sufficient you need to have two straps or maybe maybe even mm. three depending on the size of the mold so your middle top and bottom and you've got to be able to get those straps underneath the mold so you can get them up and, and close it. Yeah. And you, you can either design that right into the mold so that it becomes part of the negative, or you've got to have something that same size so it's not so it's sitting level. You don't want to have mm -hmm. a, a piece of two by four and a piece of one by because it, it won't they don't, mold what doesn't sit right. Yeah. So that's the point, isn't it? Like you say about designing a mold, actually accommodating into the way the mold is built things that would assist or at least not inhibit closure and opening and things silly things like you put your strap over it and it's nice and tight and then you realize the strap is obscuring where the injection tube yeah. is or, or something stupid like that and you're like oh Christ. Yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah gee um, how do i yeah. how do i know about that because <laughs> <laughs> you done it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep oh Actually, we got some uh, we got some uh, a couple of nice messages which um, we should put together on our next uh, episode. I I put them all together in a folder, um, but uh, I haven't really had time to 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 to, to write around them and, and, and include them in the thing. So we'll do them on the next one. But uh, yeah, it's 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 funny when other people have done the same thing. You know, like screw things up in a workshop, and it's just, we're, we're going to get a few more of those. I mean, I remember I remember one of my screw ups. I think I mentioned it before. Is, had a you know a mold and I 
mixed up this massive Hobart full of foam, like a big yeah. mixer, like 18 inches across diameter and two feet deep, this massive tub full of foam latex and then flip the mold upside down and only to find there was no injection point. I'd, <laughs> I'd forgotten to do it as well. Oh, no. <laughs> so that kind of thing. Um, oh. But, you know, you learn. Oh, I, I yeah. was just in a lot, you know, a lot of pressure and I had to get stuff done and it's just one of those things I stupidly didn't think about. Um, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've, I've I've had some some wonderful silicone mishaps. It's tricky. Yeah. But have you had silicon cure on you before you get it in? No, I've, mold? I've, so I've, like I haven't had that happen. I've had foam latex gel in mid-pour. Oh, that's a fucking nightmare. That's such a nightmare because you know you've got to take it down. See, but this is the thing with silicone, right? You've got the cat plastic element. So, like, if you're if you're if you screw that up, even if say you pour it and you half fill the mold, okay, you've got to open it up. It's foam latex, but if it's silicone, you've also got to then redo all your release agents and then spray your cat plastic again, and that's just such a ball ache. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I think it's less likely to happen because silicone is easier in that in that. You know, as as per our Batman, Batman and Robin memes of many many times, you know where poor old Robin's getting slapped because he thinks. Um, but uh, you know, you've got uh, you know your silicon. You, you you're pretty confident how how quickly your silicon is going to set up, or if it's going to be shit, you know it's going to be mm -hmm. shit, so you retard it or you put it in the fridge. But with foam, it really is like you know pissing into the wind. You know, yeah, it did. You can do the best you can, but you really are at the mercy of the gods. <laughs> yeah, did. temperature and humidity will will wreak havoc with your with your foam run it was just it was mm. like watching a cartoon because it's pouring it into the mold and just kind of went and just stopped <laughs> never just oh, like God. in midair it gelled yeah <laughs> and you're like get a photo of this uh, but no one's in that frame of mind no, at that no, time it's, yeah, especially if it's like three in the morning or something those are profanity-inducing moments. Yes, they are. Oh well, gosh. we talked about stuff uh, where I mold doing a simple block mold of a of a three D printed part, and you've you've you you spot hot glue it down onto the onto the board, thinking that's going to be enough. And all the silicone yeah. seeps. You know, silicone will find a way to get underneath anything. Separate them, yeah. And you, yeah. you you pour the silicone in there. You think it's oh, it looks it's gonna be great. You come back in five minutes later, and the parts floating on top of the silicone, and it's like, <laughs> fuck me. Now what? Because <laughs> you know, I, think I have to press it down yeah, and hold it for twelve hours. It's think. <laughs> you know, it's possible that as the silicone's starting to get a little thicker, you may be able to push it down, and this and the suction created by the base and the bottom of the part might be enough to hold it down but probably not so you've got to so you've got to get no. a little piece of piano wire or something to to try to force it down and you wind up getting silicones all over everything and you know yeah. it depends how how badly do you have to get this thing done are you just going to say all right i'm just going to eat this one and let it let it go off peel all the silicone off and use you know cyanoacrylate and glue that fucker down on the board and try it again fuck it yeah yeah that that mold yeah that 3d print is fucked but that's what you get yeah. that's what you get i got a mold it's fine it's like a sculpt you know it's gonna get yeah. trashed but uh yeah oh my gosh that's it did you um uh we say you were to do a head in like uh, epoxy so you've got like uh you know an epoxy layer and maybe you do 
uh, either ultra cal or you might do the freeform air or something so that you know the the mold itself is maybe three quarters of an inch thick yeah uh how would you close that up if that was like a full head would you have bolts going around the outside um uh, so it's a it's a full head uh solid head core and then a two-part negative yeah I'd, yeah so maybe down to the shoulders yeah, i would like a full i would head. probably do well i i might do it in three pieces you um yes so I'd have a seam line up the back and then two up the side and just make sure that I don't have an undercut so that I won't be able to get the front piece off. Because if it starts curving around, the back gets gets past that midline of the curve. Mm -hmm. Then you've basically locked the core and the front half of the mold together. Um, no good. But I'll, I'll do it in three pieces where I'll, and, and a flange in the back and down the sides and then I'll bolt it. Cause I think, I think that would, that's how I would do it. But, but what I found with, um, epoxies, especially the sort of the does is that, um, you end up with a much more rigid mold and much more accurate. So you can get away with fewer bolt mm -hmm. holes, but, but because I the agree. mold material itself is that much thicker, you inevitably you're going to need bigger molds, uh, bigger bigger bolts. Like, like with, with a fiberglass bolts, mold, yeah. you know the twenty millimeter or the twenty five millimeter, you know, threaded portion of an M six bolt is usually plenty, unless it's going through some obscure angle. Um, but if you're doing something that's you know maybe three quarters or an inch thick, you actually need the bolts to be an inch and a half, two inches thick, which means you know it takes longer to do mm. them up. But if you've only got five. It doesn't matter instead of, you know, 50. <laughs> um, yeah, you can do a, a lot fewer bolts. Yeah, that's very sure. cool. Or, or, or in a real hurry, I guess you could put a couple of clamps on it, make it clampable so the molds are nice and level. You know, the, the mold walls are parallel yeah. and big enough to accommodate a clamp so you can clamp it quickly, especially if you're doing something like polyfoam or something. Um, and then, then you go around with your bolts and add your bolts afterwards to make it really secure. But that initial closure is, you know, initiated with the clamps. Just with just with clamps. clamps, yeah. Yep, I've done okay, it that way as well. Cool. And then when you come to open it up, you got that pry point. Do you ever have? I've, I've done it. You just have to be patient. But do you with do it. you lever the edge? And so I still you can make them nice and strong. The flange really strong to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely do that. And I'll and I'll try to, I'll pry it open and get just and I I do both sides mm -hmm. at the same time so that I'm not so that I'm not applying undue pressure at just one point, you know, increasing the torque at, at one point, because that's, that's when you run the risk of, of yeah. cracking something. But I'll, I'll try both sides, and I'll get it open just enough that I can get uh, one of the, a, a tongue depressor, a wooden tongue depressor in it, and I'll do that all the way around, and I'll get the little wooden yep. sticks all the way around, and then I'll pry it up a little bit more so that I can get have yep. two sticks in. And once I've got two sticks in, I can take a third in between the two of those and just kind of tap it in there yes. and gradually start separating the mold. Yep. And then those two back pieces come off real easily. It's still going to be a real bitch to get the, the one piece off the front, particularly yes. if, if it's, you know half the half the face if you if you go cheat it a little bit forward so you your seam lines a little bit farther forward might 
might make it a little easier for you, but then you run the risk of having a seam line in some place that you don't want to have to deal with a seam line. Uh, then you just got to hope that the, the mold yeah, gods yeah. Are, are on your side trying to get that front piece off because that, that can be a, a real, a real sweat-inducing exercise workout. Yeah. Yeah. And until you got one out, you ain't got one out. <laughs> it's a scary thought. One thing I have done mm -hmm. for some things, and it worked well for like larger molds, would be to, you'd build into them, you know, big, strong handles that you'd, especially with fiberglass, you know, you, you, you'd, you plot over those with laser fiberglass so that, so that there were handles embedded in it. And then there was a couple of molds where I had it. We did it on Dracula as well. Um, and then what I would do is I'd have the front and the back like that. So I have these big, strong handles well plastered into the, into the mold itself. And then I would get two bits of wood and slide it through front and back. You know, they might have six feet long pieces of timber. And then you could use them like... Like you know, levers, like like, like, like yeah, and you gently part them apart. So rather than actually prying a point on the thing, you'd actually flex it out. Yeah, and I did that. I think because they were plaster molds, and they weren't really going to be used a lot, but we were going to use them more than once. And I just figured every time I go in there with a screwdriver, I'm putting a single oh, point. Yeah. On. and again because That's our plaster is not that great, it worked all right. But it, because our plaster is not that great, I didn't want to stress it out that much. What do you um, use to reinforce the plaster? Are you using um hemp fibers or burlap we use the burlap which is the scrim stuff so it's like you know yeah. quarter inch holes yeah uh, of, of the hessian scrim and uh old school plasterers um when we were taught at college we had an old school plasterer called kenny clark he'd worked on the original star wars trilogy and he was like a fibrous plaster plaster worked on set and uh, he showed us how to soak the scrim first so we'd soak all our scrim and wring it out before we added the, the plaster to it yeah then it's so going to get a better it, bite Exactly, and it, it didn't rob any of the moisture out of your plaster, which was great, and then keeping it wet and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, we, now we have some decent plaster, like Cristocal R is our sort of mm -hmm. It's kind of like our hydroca Hydrocal? Uh, I, well, it's really it probably hard. is. It, it is. It's not as good as Ultracal <laughs> by a long shot. No. But, um, but it's okay. But uh, we have one called Alpha K, which is really hard, which I suspect is probably similar in strength to ultracal 30 however you can't build up with it it's just it stays really liquidy mm. until it sets there's no like cheesy stage where you can build with it it just it's a very odd like you can build it up a bit and then as soon as you agitate it it just kind of flumps down so it's good for small flood molds but yeah you can't build with that so i think that's probably why we ended up that and the fact we're in ireland so we have a lot of a lot of shipbuilding or did have a lot of shipbuilding and boats were a big deal so yeah. there was plenty of resin and fiberglassing and all that kind of stuff so because of the combination of the ship plaster we had because of our relatively small small geology and capacious amounts of coastline um I think we ended up doing everything in fiberglass. So I came into an industry that was well versed with fiberglass and I'd look and see these beautiful molds in Gore Zone and they were all, you know, full head plasters and it was like, Wow, they look so nice, you know, all these plaster yeah. molds. Um and we don't really make them in the same way. Well, it's it's interesting how how the the craft has developed in different places because, you know, our fiberglass resins from what I understand is are nothing compared to 
to the stuff that you yeah I, don't, I wonder why there is is it still the same our, ours are inferior i don't and i i don't know i don't i think so i you know no anybody listening uh knows different yeah. let us know um but i've heard that you know I'm, i am of the understanding that fiberglass polyester resins that are available in the uk are superior to what's available in the it's US. amazing because i think a lot of people maybe haven't used it because it is quite tricky to use and i hear like horror stories of people saying oh you know you can't get the detail with it or they had to you know thicken their resin to make a gel coat and I'm like we just buy it it's just it's ready made there's there's gel coat pre-accelerated yeah. you just add your catalyst and then it's it works especially scott barter i love that stuff and then um you know you lay out resin and it, it just works <laughs> and you don't have to make it you don't have to it's just a product that exists but it's i suspect that's like i say because of the amount of you know the rain we have here which means a lot more roofing fiberglassing and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and um the boat building industry um but uh but yeah I think I think the good thing about epoxy is you're seeing that happening on both sides. And the good thing about epoxy is, I mean, there's still fumes. You still manage the fumes, but it doesn't stink. Like mm-hmm. pe- people five buildings away are not going to say, what's that smell? Which they did with polyester, you know, for weeks afterwards. So, um, And it's not as, it's, it's, it's not it's as, good thing. It's, it's not flammable. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, you can kind of wash things with water with it, which is quite nice. And um, smoothing things down is nice. I, I do like I do like how polyester resin breaks down the glass. You get a beautiful yeah. finish with it. And that's the one thing but, epoxy um, doesn't. You st- I still use the same material to, to reinforce it, but it doesn't become one yeah. with the epoxy. Whereas with, no, with but polyester, I think what- it literally melts the the chopped glass and the and the the sheeting and, and that's why it's so strong but i do i, I think that the, the the halfway house is to is to use an epoxy gel coat and then something like freeform air which you can then kind of use to fill in all the all the bits you know are going to be hard to navigate yeah. to create a much smoother you know um streamlined shape um even if it means you know it's, it's a few thicker bit thicker in some places just to make it a smoother shape and you've got this rounded off kind of like melted smooth shape and then you just put a couple of layers of glass over that mm-hmm. as a kind of a as, a as a shell to hold everything together and then you get a nice combination of everything then it's a bit more of it's more of a three-step process but it makes for a pleasing mold i think yeah oh and, and it's and it's frankly. wicked strong i've got epoxy molds that that i stand on you know i've, I've mm-hmm. got some that i i think i could probably actually drive my car over without breaking it <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> you might break the car. That would be not good. Um, and I guess you could do an epoxy gel coat, then plaster, and then over the top of that, a couple of layers of glass. Sure. With epoxy. Sure. Would that trap the moisture? I guess that wouldn't be a problem, though. Well, what I do, what I've started doing, uh, started doing it a while back um, for molds that I'm going to be doing slush latex in mm-hmm. for like like full head latex masks. I'll do a detail coat of UltraCal 30, you know, maybe three-eighths of it to a half an inch of, of just UltraCal, and then I will back it with freeform air because the epoxy sticks to the UltraCal just fine. So then you've got That's so then you've got combination. So you've got this huge one-piece mold that's easy to manipulate because it doesn't weigh the you know like a ton uh mm-hmm. and it's got the gypsum to absorb the moisture 
from the latex, so the latex will cure up against the stone part of it, and you've got the strength of the epoxy and no weight to it. You know, granted mm. the latex, you fill it up with rubber, it's gonna gonna get heavy, but it's far light, well, far yes, yeah, far to, lighter yeah. than it would be if it was a an all ultra cal mold. Because mm. then you've then which even because yeah, then you've got to have, then you've got to good. have you know for it to be strong enough, you're gonna have it's gonna be an inch and a half, two inches thick. Isn't yeah, that? which is an issue. Because yeah, storing that means you've got to put that. You don't you don't want that on a shelf or you want it in a loft space. But yeah. a nice light mold, you can have, you've got more options as to where you can put that yep. thing. Yeah, it's, it's a consideration definitely. Yeah, a nice combination of stuff. Yeah, that was a well, fun I, little chat. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, this this needs lots of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I'll, I'll troll through and find all my I, I've got most of these straps here i will take clear images of the straps and also how they would be used and some of my fiberglass molds and, and I'll, I'll dig up a bunch of pictures of too cool and then we'll, we'll get that that together in the next week or so and then yes if you guys have any questions you know drop us an email you can drop us an email at stuart and todd at gmail.com and leave a voice message yeah the next episode i'm going to put uh, a bunch of those together on there uh and catch up with that and um yeah awesome Thanks, man. Good talking to you. You too, fella. I'm going to go to bed. I'm so tired. Everything aches. <laughs> You've been a busy boy. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening.